pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. Roto-Grinders presents the Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. Dan Bach talks to the biggest personalities in DFS, delivers commentary on the industry's most important topics, and gives you the advice you need to help build winning lineups. Both the salary and the matchup are just too good. If you are not playing him in your head-to-head games, you are just going to lose. You didn't really think we were going to get rid of that, did you? Here's your host, the one and only, Dan Bach. Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to this Wednesday edition Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix Podcast. I want to thank our friends at Fantasy Draft. I am Dan Bach, and special show for you coming up today. We'll be talking with Alex, who is one of the top players in the world when it comes to Daily Fantasy. How do I know that? Well, he's ranked number one in the Roto Grinders ranking, second in our TPOI. He goes by Awesome O, and we'll get to him here in a moment and learn a little bit about his history, getting into the industry, um, uh, his approach to playing, and of course, what he uses here at Roto Grinders. I like the answer he gave me with that one. So uh, we've got that coming up for you here uh, in just a moment. I uh, do need to say thanks to a couple people. First, Fantasy Draft. Make sure you check them out. They've got another Carolina Millions live final. Again, a lot of people are concerned about Rake. Well, guess what? You got Rake free head to head games over there. You've got Overlay almost weekly in this Carolina Millions. So you're getting great value on this live final, and it's only a 12 man field, I believe. Uh, might actually take that back. I think it's a 10 man field. So uh, you're going to have uh, a smaller number of competitors still. You know, fighting for a piece of a million dollars, you're going to walk away with a nice payday. And uh, I've been taking my weekly shots at that. Hopefully, you will as well this week over on Fantasy Draft as we move on to week five. I'll come back a little bit later, maybe tomorrow, with some thoughts on the uh, football slate. So we will get to football talk here on this pod. But of course, if you're not already subscribing to the Daily Fantasy Football Podcast, make sure you do that. We got the OGs today. You had the uh, absolute early week pod yesterday, and then all of our video shows get rolling starting tonight, so it should be good stuff. Also, quick thank you from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand a home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to uh, buying a home or refinancing that existing home, and it's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient and our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at a touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash roto. That's rocketmortgage.com slash roto. Equal housing lender, license in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. All right, well, pump for this one again. It's going to be a dogfight for the uh, top-ranked uh, grinder overall and in TPOI. And this guy is in the mix. He's out of Chicago. He goes by Alex, and he is awesome Let's hear his take on uh, 
hey, how he got where he is today, what the future has in store here on the Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix. All right, excited for our next guest. We have got the number one ranked grinder over there on Roto-Grinders. That's right, I'm talking about the overall ranking. He's second in TPOY. He is third in the monthly ranking. And of course, NFL, he comes in third. MLB, he finished number one, was top 10 in the PGA, I believe, this past season as well. We just wiped those uh, rankings clear. So let's bring him on in. He is, uh, hey, on top of the mountain right now, DFS. And he is awesome Alex, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, sir? Hey, man. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm doing great. Yeah, uh, I bet. <laughs> I'm glad we finally get to chat here because uh, you're a guy who uh, has... I, from my understanding, has kind of grinded his way to where we are today, uh, which is, you know, a top of the uh, Roto Grinders rankings board, which, let's face it, for a while I didn't think anybody was going to be able to uh, top Sahil, but here you are. Um, give people a little bit of your background about DFS. How long you've been playing and all that good stuff? Oh, well, I started playing kind of in the early days, uh, just casually, like uh, back on draft day. They had that perfect lineup before... They're offering like billions of dollars to get a perfect lineup. You know, it's just a million, and I, uh, I, uh, I tried it out, and then I lost my money uh, pretty quick. So I, I thought maybe I can't sustain this and do what I was doing then, which was poker. But then, uh, as the DFS industry kind of progressed, I kept hearing along the poker forums that you know it was a thing that was really worth investing time in. So I gave it a shot a couple of years ago, and. Uh, Pretty quickly, I started doing a lot better playing uh, baseball cash games than I was at poker. So I just yelled it a little bit and uh, made the switch. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know you had the poker background. What was, um, you know, how long were you on the poker grind for? Like, was this um, a, a Black Friday situation for you? And, uh, you know, kind of had to, to switch gears. You know, talk about that part of I guess, your life before you kind of transitioned to DFS? Yeah, uh, poker was actually really helpful in kind of helping me get the work ethic to do DFS because I uh, I was a poker stars grinder and I reached their VIP level of Supernova Elite. But uh, it took me a few years to get there too because uh, right after Black Friday, I was just kind of getting going with poker. So... I made the decision to go to Canada. It, co- it took me a couple of years to, to really start making my, uh, a good amount of money. And then uh, right then, it all kind of came crashing down. So uh, with uh, PokerStars being bought out and stuff. So DFS was looking a lot brighter. And uh, I, uh, I was lucky to develop some skills I could use to be successful at DFS doing poker. Did you, uh, I mean, when you started, I mean, obviously you're somebody who's got a gaming background. You probably feel confident in your skills. But um, when you started it, I mean, did, did you think that you were going to be able to be as successful as you were in it or have you, as you've become? Like, did you come in with like that confidence? Like, yeah, I can do this. I just got to figure it out. Or were, was this kind of just like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes and, and maybe it works what was your attitude when you kind of made that jump? Because yeah, yeah, there are, people will say there are some similarities between poker and DFS. And I think we could talk about that a little bit later. But um, you know, obviously, there is a lot of differences in terms of how you 
build lineups versus you know your you play your hand. So uh, was there any sort of hesitation in that, or because I know this much, I know a lot of you know poker players didn't want to have to go back to you know the typical day job or something because they're used to working their own schedule. Was that the appeal of DFS as well? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, being your own boss is an awesome perk of doing DFS. Uh, I kind of. Uh... I heard you could make a lot of money, and obviously when I was starting, I saw guys like Sahil said, like cleaning up. So I was like, well, maybe I could get there, but I wasn't. That wasn't my plan at all. I, with poker, I kind of knew that the system like could sustain a lot of people like doing pretty well, like making as much as they could at a normal job. So that was really my goal to make it make a reasonable amount of income, and then. I saw Roto Grinders rankings, and that kind of motivated me to to up my game a little bit, so I could get that street cred, you know, that you guys sure. are providing. Yeah, and uh, you certainly have it, man. You're number one overall, and and really in a dogfight right now. I'm sure you you obviously are eyeing those um those rankings, and uh, you and Chipotle Attic are like neck and neck for TPOY here. We got a couple months, obviously, tons of money to be won in NFL. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that kind of uh, matchup, you know, figures down the stretch. And and also even on the number one ranking, I believe, um, Utikow, he, he was number one for a little bit as well. And you recently passed him by. So uh, it's 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 tight at the top for a while. Looks like Sayle had that insurmountable lead. But uh, things here have changed a little bit now. Uh, let's talk about your your growth as a player. Like when you first started. Uh, obviously, you probably had a little bit larger bankroll than maybe your typical, you know, casual player. But uh, how did you start out? Was it a cash game play? Did you, you know, were you firing GPPs from the early days? Were you always mass multi-entry? Talk about like your style of play and whether that's kind of evolved from where you started to where you are right now. Uh, when I started, I was focusing a lot on the cash games because that was kind of my background in poker, but I realized pretty quickly that most of the action is at big GPPs, so that's really where I started shifting my focus once I kind of learned about each sport, because that's where all the excitement is, in my opinion. Now, are you a big sports fan, or are because I've talked to people who are players who like don't even really like sports, but they like to win money, so they they kind of come to understand them. Are, were you uh, a sports fan at least before getting into this? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I okay. mean, I I enjoy sports and I enjoy making money, so it's like a perfect combination <laughs> for me. Did but, you? Uh, are there yeah. any sports that you're playing now though that you? That you did that you weren't a fan of, but you're like I can make money in them, and I might as well like do it because you. I'm looking at your at your profile, and and you pretty much grind everything. It seems here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I was more of a fan of football, baseball, basketball, and then the other ones I've kind of got into just because they're offering games. But uh I, I find it really interesting to kind of figure out the sport, even if I'm not a fan of the players. So I'll tune into like my new one has been NASCAR, so I've been tuning in every Sunday to watch the races and stuff. I know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I haven't figured it out yet though, so 
just because someone is uh, entering a lot doesn't mean they're winning a lot. <laughs> I've, I've lost most of my money on NASCAR, and that's what kind of keeps me coming back is, man, I got to figure this out, right? Yeah, I like it. That's it. You know, you, you the challenge of trying to uh, – of, of solving the puzzle, as we like to say here. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, let's get back into – because I kind of jumped a little bit there. Um, get back into, like, you know – your GPP style play. I mean, there's no doubt that you are kind of a mass multi-entry player. Um, is that the way it's always been? Did you find that to be like the best way for you to garner, you know, an edge for yourself is to be mass multi-entry or is that something in the skill that you developed more as, as you got more confident in, you know, your play? Uh, essentially my uh, philosophy is that I want to, enter as many lower stakes games or this is what was my philosophy is i want to enter as many lower stakes games before moving up to higher stakes so before i'd enter like the 25 dollar gpps i'd want to max out like the three or four dollar ones and then for entering like 300 i want to max out 25 just because i think that uh the risk reward ratio is better the lower stakes you do but then as I started having more success, I just wanted to keep investing my money as much as I could. And, uh, of course, get those Roto Grinders leaderboard points, which uh, you can't be number one unless you're in, like, every tournament. So I had to start doing that. How has that gone for you? Uh, because, obviously, the higher the stakes you play, usually the sharper the player you're playing against, at least I would think. Maybe you can tell me otherwise. But um, I don't play the super high-stakes stuff. But... Uh, how has that transition gone for you um, from moving from lower to, you know, Thunderdomes or Mega Thunderdomes or whatever the heck they've got rolling these days? Yeah, absolutely. The competition is a lot tougher at those Thunderdomes. Uh, I haven't had a ton of success, but uh, I mean, the, the truth of it is that the variance in a $5,000 GPP is like really high. So. You really need to be successful at the other games to sustain that over a long period of time. Otherwise, even if like you're the best player at it, like you have a pretty good chance of going broke. Yeah. Not like one thing that's different about me than other guys, I guess, is that I, I actually don't like playing the high stakes games as much as the low stakes. I like those contests with like hundreds of thousands of people because when you win one of those, it's like man. You had to beat out every other person on the site to do it, and that's like more of an accomplishment, in my opinion. Yeah, that is, uh, and it's hard to it's hard to win those low stakes ones. That is for certain. Um, even if you, it does, you know, it doesn't even matter if you have 150 lineups. And there's a, you know, there's huge, you know, uh, conversations about what the lineup or what the limits should be. I mean, you've been playing for quite a long time. Did you find yourself to be more or less successful or equally, if that's the answer, when we kind of had it scaled back to 150? Because it used to be like 500 or unlimited. Uh, did you have to adjust your game when those changes took place, and how did it affect your kind of ROI? Uh, I was really fortunate because by the time they switched on DraftKings from 150 to 20, I'd kind of already moved up to the 25s and the $300 tournaments. So not a lot of my action was going towards those $4 tournaments. So I, I was fortunate that that didn't affect me a ton. I think that a lot of people uh, really like mass entering those, though, and like some of the guys 
were more of like small stakes grinders that affected that change disproportionately affected them because that the uh the best ROI you can get is at those huge like three dollar tournaments, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still a little bit sad I can't multi-enter those $3 tournaments. I guess you can on FanDuel, and I do it over there, but uh, DraftKings, you can't really do that anymore. Um, I kind of get why they do it, but still, 150 out of, like, th- what, like, three, th- or, you know, 250,000 entries or whatever, it's not really all that many in the grand scheme of things, but I still get it. So uh, as long as I've got that opportunity to do it somewhere else. Um, but you're right, it's you know, you can blow up your bankroll pretty quick if you're you know, 150 entering, um, you know, higher stakes stuff. Now, let's get, I want to talk about higher stakes though, because you still do, you know, you're building, I'm guessing hundreds of lineups every single week. How hard is it for you to like pinpoint the lineup that you need to play in a limited entry kind of high stakes field? You know, is it, is it always your cash lineup? Is it, does, you know, has that, is that something that you're trying to figure out right now? Because that's where I kind of, have my own trouble sometimes as a player is you know deciding what lineups you are going to play if you've only got 20 to choose from and you've got you know maybe 150 built for a different lineup so how do you how do you um handle that challenge yeah it's absolutely a great question uh it really like one of the factors is the number of people in the competition so like a thunderdome with 10 people like most of the time, it's like this, like seven or eight of the people are people you've played with. So you can I kind of have a read on how they play. And the other thing is, like, you can't be contrarian or like too contrarian because if you have a player, then they're like 10% on. So like taking a guy who's like 1% on versus 10%, like that doesn't give. Uh, I mean, it's going to be the same thing in a 10 person contest. So yeah. Uh, it's kind of like you got to figure out how to go off the board like just enough so you don't have like the same lineup as everybody else but then uh like you still have like players that are pretty likely to have like success on that day and like a, a bigger like uh 100% tournament or something like that i uh you get a much more benefit from going for some of those sleeper picks that are like a couple of percentage on cuz uh Obviously, you don't want to have the same same players as everybody else, or else you're just going to kind of be stuck in the back. So, games lock on Sunday. Um, what's what's your life then? I mean, are you a one of these guys who watches every game as it goes on, sweats it hard, or are you somebody who's like casually watching, um, doesn't look at their ROI until the end of the day? Um, how do you? handle you know an, uh, a Sunday or a, you know a night of baseball or a night of basketball in regards to you know handling the action that you have out there on a given day oh I don't find it too uh, fun to sweat games that much like as far as my lineups because most nights I'll just have everyone so it's like <laughs> if a player does well then like I don't even know if it's good for me or not so usually I'll just watch my favorite teams I'm uh I'm from Michigan, so I'll watch a lot of the Lions games on Sunday, or uh, I'm a big Pistons fan as well. Are you are you peeking at the, uh, you know, probable winnings and stuff like that on, on, on the phone and computer as it goes on to gauge, or do you just kind of wait till it's all done? 
Oh yeah, I'll I'll be looking just cuz uh you know it's it, it's like part of the excitement of playing DFS. It's just kind of like seeing uh seeing how the contests are going on every any given night. I was pretty stoked this Sunday when Blau Powell ran for like a 75-yard touchdown. I was like winning like an absurd amount of money, but then steadily it dropped down <laughs> to like losing a little bit of money so i mean that's just all part of the fun of doing it yeah and the same for me except it's the other way around where you're winning a good amount of money and then larry fitzgerald luck boxes into a touchdown and you're not winning quite as much money at the end of the day but we've all been there that's kind of part of the uh uh part of the sweat experience that goes along with playing dfs um what's your biggest day you know, I want to I want to ask two things here: biggest day and worst day, because people always want to talk about the big days and oh, these guys who are pros they win all this money, but then they also forget like, dude, you guys have bad days too. You run bad for sure. So, what'd you say? Kind of like ballparking, like your biggest day that you ever had, and one that you will uh, look back and be like, yeah, that wasn't a good one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, uh, actually. Uh... My biggest day probably won't impress anyone. It's not as good as a lot of people's. It's uh, I think maybe it's like uh between a hundred and two hundred thousand. Maybe I'll win. Like I won like a hundred k tournament and then did well on some others. But I haven't had any days where I just kind of like <laughs> like had a life changing experience yeah. or anything. And I mean, on the flip side, I've had days where I've lost like $100,000, like especially Football Sunday, because there's so many contests in the main slate, and I'm trying to enter them all to get up in the rankings, and uh, obviously a lot of the time it doesn't work out. So, um, have you have you made, had any like close calls for <clears throat> a Millie on DraftKings or FanDuel or anything like that? <clears throat> Oh uh, yeah, I mean, uh, one week last season, I got my pre- screenshot of currently winning a million dollars. When, uh, but the the problem was it was only like two o'clock Eastern. No, oh, that doesn't even count. Oh <laughs> man, that's the worst screenshot ever. Yeah, I, I posted <laughs> online. I didn't get very many likes. People weren't very impressed. But I, that was the one I was trying to get because once you get that one million dollar screenshot, it's all downhill. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. I'm seeing your uh, trophy case on uh, RG, uh, part of your uh, profile, and you've got uh, you know live final finalists all over the place, a bunch of sports. You don't have that little one million dollar Benjamin next to you, so uh, there's another thing for you to potentially strive for. Now, uh, I want to talk about like the state of the game, the industry, and where people see it heading, and you know. Uh, there's been a lot of talk. Let's just start with, you know, the rake conversation. We've seen DraftKings now, you know, exceed, I guess, 16% on some of the low-dollar tournaments that they have out there. You know, some of the high-dollar ones are are still somewhat competitive, I suppose. But um, what's your feeling on this? Like, where where does – is it is – it, I mean, obviously something you look at, but have is there a line in the sand where you're like, it's just not beatable, I'm done, Um are we even close to approaching that? Uh, what's your feeling on like this trend of you know site fees you know becoming higher and higher and tougher and tougher to to be a long term winner? I think it's a really important issue. Uh, I think anyone who played on Fantasy Aces knows that you kind of want the site to be making some money <laughs> because yes. otherwise 
your balance is just gone in an instant, right? Like, fortunately, Fancy Draft was generous and refunded players, but uh, for a month there, kind of like, oh shoot, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe my money is not safe online. But uh, I think that uh, it really makes a difference towards the bottom line in those contests. So I, I like, I would like to see a rake scale that kind of varies on how profitable different game types could be so like if it's a three dollar tournament there's the potential for it to be raked more than like a three hundred dollar tournament because like even though the rig is higher you can still have like a great roi whereas like uh something like a double up or 50 50 where you're trying to get a couple percentage roi like if they raise the rake one percent that's like half of the money you're winning so i think that uh it should really vary by game type and also by sport. But unfortunately, as just a player, uh, I don't have access to any of the data about how uh, players, how successful players are in different game types. So we're kind of relying on the operators to do things that are good for the players. But obviously, they're like motivated by their self-interest. And unfortunately, I, I don't think we have all the pieces to really know what the appropriate level of rake is for each game. Interesting. And uh, the other thing that we've seen is, you know, some people talking about the games becoming too simplified. Now, I think that I'm a low, little bit less concerned about this because I feel like, you know, there's multiple game types out there. And as long as the the uh, the key kind of games that, you know, they run the biggest tournaments at still have a, a large edge of... Of, of skill involved, it's going to be great for the consumer and and the skill game argument we have. But you know, we saw Pick'em. You know, the first few weeks they rolled it out, they had a lot of options, and now they scaled that back a little bit. Uh, you know, FanDuel has a non uh, salary cap game out there. You're just picking like any five guys you want. You know, to go for it. Uh, is there is there a worry from your end that they're you know catering too much to the kind of casual new user? Um, despite, you know, how much you and let's face it, a lot of people, um, put into this ecosystem each and every day from a financial standpoint, I don't know if they're, you know, putting their thumb up at you, but, you know, does that bother you at all to kind of see that, you know, move more in that direction? Uh, the only part that's bothered me has been that, uh, sometimes they'll post these contests that like, I can't even play like FanDuel on their mini unlimited, I think it's called is, mm -hmm. uh. Like, I wanted to play, but their big tournament was, like, a $2 entry, and, like, if you enter enough buy-ins, I guess you can't even, like, play. So it's, like, I, I just want something that everyone can play and enjoy. But I think uh, what you're saying about, like, casual players liking that format, I think that there are certain players that will go for it, but a lot of them like the complexity of a salary cap game or like a, a different format that's complicated even though like uh that skill advantage might not work out in their favor uh i think people enjoy that and you can see that in the poker industry too where games like no limit hold'em are high edge for like pros but uh casual players like to play those over other games like limit hold'em uh, let's talk about the sports real quick. Uh, how would you rank, you know, yourself in terms of this is my best 
And well, we already know NASCAR's your worst. So, uh, what, what would you say? What would you say the, the the top sport for you, Alex, is when it you know when it, when you break it all down? Uh, the top one is basketball. Uh, I was lucky because that was the one I was the biggest fan of going into DFS, and it's also one where there's a lot of opportunity to do well. So, I have a better feel for like the dynamics of each team in the league basketball and i've had most success in that then uh there's uh, i've done well in baseball uh uh nfl i've done pretty well this season and then a lot of the other ones i've been kind of like treading water uh all right next thing i've got for you is um the um oh yeah um two things uh Roto grinders. What would you say? Uh, obviously, you know you're a part of the community. There has to be. Is there a particular tool or piece of content that you use the most? That you um, you know find the most enjoyable? Whether it's entertaining, whether it's just uh, you know informative for you as building lineups. Just you know, give the the peeps or give me something that you like at Roto grinders that you're kind of using in your own process. Uh, I watch a lot of the shows. Uh, one of my favorites right now is the Football Guys uh, Happy Hour, where you guys do the karaoke. <laughs> of course, of course, you you like that one. That's the one yeah. with me looking like an ass every third <laughs> week, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't like the switch where you guys went from doing karaoke to actually singing the songs. I thought the quality uh, went down a little bit. Well, we can we can blame Sony Music for that. Okay, they gave <laughs> us the old cease and desist for uh for using their uh their old sound so we had to uh we <laughs> had to go the route of uh of weird al yankovic and write our own so i don't disagree <laughs> with you one bit but believe me it was uh it was not our decision <laughs> well it was never about the quality of the, the songs it was just about the uh the uh fun of just sure. uh having that competition where like it's your pride on the line that's awesome uh, I like that show just because uh, a lot of times on Wednesday night I'll be trying to like get my lineups ready for Thursday and it's the first one you guys do uh, so I'll be watching that and then I'll, I'll watch a lot of shows for various sports just because I don't watch all of the games so a lot of times you know the hosts will have these nuggets that they picked up from watching games or on Twitterverse where. I, I'll miss it, and then I'll kind of go back and reevaluate, and that's a really helpful part of my process. Another tool I really like is uh, the Kevin Roth weather reports because uh, that saves a lot of time, like checking radars and all that. Kind of most of the time, he's like, you know, uh, it's all good tonight, and then you don't have to worry about it. Uh. I want to get in your mind real quick in terms of a GPP player, um, because I think, and maybe I'm a donkey in thinking this, but I know that there's a lot of people who are just play at the, the anti-fragile way and basically almost build lineups as much on ownership as they do their own kind of game-to-game, player-to-player projections. And there's clearly a lot of, uh, a lot of reason to do that. Would you, how much is it, you know, an anti-fragile build for you versus, you know, just a kind of projection, this is, you know, these are the best players, I'm going to get the most exposure to them. Like, how much does ownership go into you building lineups, especially as a guy who just, is just killing it in GPPs? Uh, I think that 
One of the great things about DFS is that nobody has really figured it out yet. So all of us have these different intuitions about what the best strategy could be. But at the end of the day, like we're still kind of guessing. Uh, personally, like I think ownership probably matters a lot, and uh, I'll take a lot of note of it if I'm like hand building lineups and stuff. But uh, as far as my GPP strategy, <laughs> as I said, I pretty much just have everyone. So. <laughs> Like, uh, I'll just mix it up a lot, have, like, a little bit of each player, and then, uh, it, as long as, like... So you're telling me that Dean Shavelson, 10% of everyone can actually work? Is that what I'm getting at? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, if you pick <laughs> 10 right guys, right? So it's like, if your average players perform better than the fields, you know, I think that's, like, the source of a good edge. And if, uh, as long as... Like one mistake I think a lot of people make is that they'll figure out the players most likely to succeed on a given night and stick to those. And I don't think that's a great strategy because, like, most of the nights where that lineup hits, it's like the lineups you're competing against also have higher scores. And I found that on the nights where I've scored the highest number of points, like, I haven't won, like, anything. So it's those nights where I outcome that's less likely happens and uh that's why you gotta kind of spread it out a lot so that you're covering a lot of different potential outcomes so you don't yolo like 150 like jd mckissick lineups or uh jacoby Brissett or something like that because i know there are guys out there who will just like pick a guy and literally go all in on every single lineup they build that week that is not you Oh, well, <laughs> that's a little bit too much of a hot take for me because, <laughs> like, uh, those sleeper picks, everyone knows, like, there's, like, a there's a pretty good chance they'll hit, but, you know, <laughs> most of the time they don't, so I don't want to have all my eggs in one basket like that. All right, well, we've gotten to the mind of uh, the number one ranked player over on Roto Grinders. He goes by the u- username... Awesome, Alex. Uh, real pleasure to chat with you. Good luck. I know this is obviously, you know, something that you've been chasing. You mentioned those rankings points a number of times, you know, throughout this, and uh, should be interesting to see this final couple of months. You know, Chipotle right there in the TPOY, and you know, not too many people uh, or a couple of people within striking distance as well um, out there in the uh, overall rankings. So should be an exciting finish. But thanks so much for your time here. This morning and uh, and good luck the rest of this season. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks a ton to Alex for giving us some of his time, and of course, uh, hopefully you enjoyed that. Try to do a few more of those throughout the next uh, couple of days before we try and you know beat off this uh, what ten days of no daily daily fantasy. Of course, we've got PGA. We got our new PGA product. Check that out. We had our first premium show, which is incredible. That's available on demand in podcast now for you premium subscribers. Uh, make sure you check that out and uh, the Safeway Open. So we get a month of uh, a month of golf, and then NBA gets started what mid month. So uh, we'll be bringing you some more content, also some NFL probably tomorrow on the show. Uh, so that's what we got in store for you. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Fantasy Draft. Check them out if you haven't done so already. Sign up through our links. Three months free premium content over there. So you sign up through our links, make a deposit, you're set to go. But I'm Dan Bach. Talk to you soon here on the Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Fix. See you. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for Dad this Father's Day. 
We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet. And do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612. Craftsman offer valid through 619 U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 Tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only.